0: Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty, along with my brother Brian. Yes, it's Wednesday, the day before the Ag PhD field day. So we're doing an Ag PhD field day preview show. Now, if you tuned in yesterday, you also heard us doing a field day preview show. This is different. We have different guests on today, different topics, but we do still welcome your calls and agronomic questions. Our phone lines will be open throughout the show at 844 844- 44 ag phd and you can always email us radio at ag all right brian uh, i know we both got a little warm a little sweaty out there this morning getting set up but man stuff looks
1: good and it's all coming together well and let's be honest you and i really didn't do a whole lot of the work so <laughs> we're, i i i just remember when i was growing up and we'd have to be the guys actually doing the work and our dad would stand around we've thought and just being the supervisor I got to admit, being in my 50s and being the supervisor is not all bad. So anyway, no, we have a lot of great people out at the field day site getting everything set up. And it really has been a lot of fun. I We have more to show you tomorrow when you arrive at the field day than we've ever had before. It'll be our largest field day ever and we're just really looking forward to it because this is the first time in a couple of years that a lot of people have been able to go to a farm show. So we are super excited about that. The weather looks great for tomorrow. Uh, temperature in the maybe mid 80s or so. Humidity a little bit lower. And all morning it's going to be beautiful. And we start... Bright and early, 7 a.m. So if you want to come early, we've got a lot of things going on right away in the morning even when it's nice and cool down in the 70s. And then once we do get to the warmer part of the day, we've got stuff going on in air-conditioned buildings, air-conditioned tents, uh, underneath tents with speaking, speakers and that kind of thing. So we're not going to keep you out in the heat and in the sun or anything like that. But it'll be a lot of fun. Just join us tomorrow for the Ag PhD Field Day.
0: Brian, I don't think we have to keep anybody out in the sun and out in the field when there's such cool stuff to see out there. And one of our guests today, we've got Ben C's with us with Raven Industries to talk about uh, the autonomous farm. Now, Ben, I'll be real honest with you. Brian's desire is someday, as he gets a little older, that he can just sit in his office and dial everything up and all his farm work could be done. I don't quite look at it that way. I just need a little bit of help because sometimes it's tough to find extra help around the farm. So talk to us about autonomous, uh, basically, uses in agriculture and what we got coming from Raven right now, what you're going to see at the field day
2: yeah thanks for having me on guys uh, so what we have featured here at the hefty day field show is uh, our omni drive and that will be in the field and we'll be doing a ride and drive so if you want to get out and uh, sit in the, the cab of the the combine with the operator there you can see the system in operation and what's really cool about that is is you can uh, when that tractor comes up when nobody's sitting in the seat yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty, uh, breathtaking.
1: Wait, wait, wait a second. Now you said ride and drive. I can't drive though, if it's autonomous.
2: That'd be perfect <laughs> for that's Brian. He right. can't <laughs> exactly. mess anything up, man. We like that. <laughs> you can drive the combine and which is essentially you're driving the tractor from the combine, uh, which is exactly what our program is. Uh, what it allows us to do is become more efficient in the, in the harvest process while giving the control to the, uh, the folks in the, in the harvester or the combine. Uh, we've seen that that, is, that has really been uh, something that uh, farmers need, uh, and this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to autonomous vehicles. This is one application, obviously, with the, auto- with the grain cart, uh, but we feel this will translate into other autonomous solutions, as you said, uh, going into tillage and uh, other uh, hay equipment, things like that, that will really set us apart from, from
0: others. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. I was just talking to two brothers that that farm not not Brian and me, but two other brothers that farm, and they said, you know, we're kind of a two man operation. And having something like that in the field at harvest time, they said it just it'd make all the difference in the world because one of us ends up running the truck and and bringing stuff back to the bin or to the elevator, and and whoever is left in the field, well, they're just stuck sitting there in the combine waiting for their brother to get back. Well. If you had a system like this, that process could keep rolling. That'd be fantastic.
2: Absolutely. And we found that uh, a lot of the feedback that we've gotten from doing these infield demos and talking with uh, uh, the the user groups for for getting a, us the feedback is that they the more time you si- sit in the combine or the combine sitting still, obviously they're losing money. Time is money, when, in, and time. that's what they see um they're seeing that you have such a short window for for operation and especially with harvest getting it done before uh the season end and and you know we've we talked to a lot of farmers and they said none of them that we talked to that said that i got everything i wanted to get done this year and this will uh, this will allow them to get to that next phase of hey i can do more with less people less labor Uh, it allows that, it allows the labor that would normally be in that tractor of the grain cart to do something else. They could be out, uh, uh, you know, surveying fields, soil sampling or so many,
0: there's so many jobs at that time of year. And that's, that's the thing with farming. It just seems like everything comes all at once at planting time. There's so many things you want to get done. And at harvest time, there's so many things you want to get done and you just have only have so many people available.
2: And so much time. Right. So it's it's short windows that we want to try and, and help farmers out.
0: That's fantastic. You know, uh, we hear a lot of things about Raven over the years, and the technology piece has just been amazing. Uh, Brand and I are real fortunate to be just a couple miles away from uh, a big research station for Raven, so we get to see a lot of these things running out in the field. And it's like, wait a second, there's nobody in the cab over there. What's going on? That's that's really cool. And now we've got these things running at the Ag PhD Field Day too. Really exciting. We're talking with Ben Sees with Raven right now.
1: So Ben, uh, real quick, we got about a minute left. What else? Can people look forward to seeing at uh, your booth tomorrow with Raven? Good question. So
2: we're going to, like I said before, we'll be in the field uh, with machines running. The tractor will be running uh, autonomously with the, with the harvester or the combine. And also in our booth, we will have a command center that we can, uh, folks can come in, take a look at. You don't have to be in the combine to get that experience of OmniDrive. Uh, we'll have live feeds right into that command center uh, on large screen TVs. And uh, you'll have uh, get the experience that you would normally get in the in the cab right there in our in I our think, booth.
0: I think you had Brian at command center, Ben. He's <laughs> he's all ready to come right in and take command. Well, the seriously, command if you've had a history
1: of <laughs> playing video games, maybe you're going to be a great farmer someday. That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Something um, else to look forward to is uh, we will have. And I just saw it running down the street as we were walking in is our Omni Power. Uh, that will be a static display in our booth and uh, it'll be some nice eye candy to get uh, folks around there.
0: Oh my goodness, there's so much great stuff to see. We're talking again with Ben Sees with Raven, certainly a place you want to stop at the Ag PhD Field Day tomorrow. We'll talk about what else you want to see right after this. Do you need to replant soybeans due to cold temperatures, heavy rains, or another weather event? Weeds don't seem to care, and you have limited options for last-minute weed control. This is when you turn to Spitfire Herbicide from New Farm. Unlike other phenoxy herbicides, Spitfire can be applied up to seven days before planting. Fields treated with
3: the dual active power of Spitfire will benefit from weed control that will ease planting and help your beans establish a good stand. Spitfire from New Farm, here to help.
0: Please join us for the Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day is the largest farm field day in America, and we have a lot planned again this year. We host the event just one day each year as a way to say thank you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV. We have free admission, free parking, and free food and drinks throughout the day. We've got yield champs from across the country speaking about raising higher yields and increasing profits. We also have speakers on drainage law, estate planning, changes in farm tax laws, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you some of the dozens of research plots we're working on. Rob Sharkey will be there to do a live shark farmer radio show, and we'll have equipment both on display and running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, Agco, and more. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th. Go to agphd.com to learn more and register. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio broadcasting from the Morton studio today on an Ag PhD field day preview and really excited to bring some of the folks you're going to see tomorrow at the Ag PhD field day here and just talk about some of the highlights of the field day. And we've got somebody who's been to Quite a few Ag PhD field days. I don't even want to start counting, Trevor, but I'm, <laughs> I can tell uh, you, you've been to a number of these. You know what you're doing once you get to the field day site. What's uh, what's Valent so, got to show this year?
1: Yeah, so it's Trevor Dale with Valent. Uh, Trevor, thanks for the time. We know you're helping with the setup a little bit over at the field day site. So, yeah, to Darren's question, I mean, what what, what is new? What can people expect to see when they come to your area
4: tomorrow? Okay, we've got uh, corn, soybeans, wheat. Sunflowers. Uh, we're looking at seed treatments in uh, soybeans and wheat. Um, also, the fierce herbicide on soybeans, and uh, Michael apply EndoPrime on sunflowers and corn. So we've got a a number of different things going on, and there's some other stuff out there as well. Um, and, and back to Darren's comment, I think it was maybe 15 years ago when I first had some small plot research out back there so yeah it's
0: been a while and and we've looked at a lot of things it's been really exciting to see the progression with valent and what's what's changed over the years the yeah. micro endoprime is one that that we get a lot of questions about we we see this natural space and we talk about different microbes that are in the soil that if hey if we could get the right good guys out there in the right place that can really make a difference in our crop and we're seeing it show up in this dry year of 2021.
4: Yes.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say just real quick to kind of step back for a second. So our research lead, Glenn hers will put in all these different research plots we do, and we work on research in multiple states. But to just kind of highlight a lot of the things that we're looking at, we do that right on our home farm at our Ag PhD Field Day site, and then we bring people from those companies in to talk about their things, and we'll work together in conjunction with them. And a lot of times it's brand new stuff or things that they're experimenting with or whatever. And so we're working together with them, with people like Trevor, to develop things and so like this microapply and and some of these soil microbes that's I mean I look at it as a little bit revolutionary you know we grew up spraying herbicides and things like that never thought much about soil microbes, but that's a really big deal now.
4: Yeah certainly. Uh, over the years uh, there's been just a depletion of mycorrhizae is what we've found uh, tillage practices. Uh, probably various pesticides, I don't know. But we found the soils have been depleted over time, and adding them back, um, it's a little bit of a slow process. But, boy, we're seeing some really good results this year.
1: Yeah, because when you read in almost any farm magazine, what are they talking about? Soil health. Well, if you want better soil health, you got to have more of these beneficial microbes like the mycorrhizae fungi. Okay, to change gears, you brought up fierce Personally, Trevor, I was a little disappointed in the performance this year of Dicamba, of 2,4-D, of Liberty, of Roundup. None of the post products worked as well as we've seen them work in other years. I believe there are going to be more people going to soybean prees
4: in the future. What do you think? Uh, yes, I completely agree with you. Um, not only did they work, did they not work very good. There was some in short supply, and now we're hearing some price increases on those. Yeah, yep. it, you want the best pre you can get down, and I, I'm even a big proponent of layering residuals to um, keep, keep those post-products, Dicamba, Liberty, 2,4-D, whatever, in your back pockets. Hey, one real quick thing. We
1: started spotting a little bit of white mold the other day, and it's like, how can we possibly have white mold in this hot year? We just have so much white mold in the northern U.S., but Cobra, you have a product, Cobra, and we, we didn't end up using any this year because I thought it's 100 degrees and everything looks terrible. Brian but made the fatal statement of right. saying,
0: you know, we're just not going to have white mold this year. I said, Brian, once you say that, I you know. know it's
1: coming. But last year we did that. We hit Cobra in those white mold spots that we've historically had, and we had almost no white mold, even though it, there was a lot of white mold around.
4: Yeah. it's it's uh, Well, first of all, I'm surprised that you're seeing it this year. I would have probably been on your side, Brian. <laughs> or, yeah, um, But it is fantastic on uh, white mold. It really is. It's got to be timed right like everything else, but um, it does work well on white mold. You
0: know, the proper product selection and also the timing just makes all the difference in the world with almost anything you're going to apply to your fields. That's one of the things that we like about the Ag PhD Field Day. We bring in so many experts to talk about exactly how to use these things. We're talking with Trevor Dale here with Valent. He's one of those experts that will be at the Ag PhD Field Day. Trevor, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Thank you, guys. Let's also look at some of the equipment that we've got going on. And it's going to be fun when we get to the Ag PhD Field Day because there is so much equipment there to see. Uh, A number of the the things that we're seeing – (laughs) whoa, I I don't know what that was. That was kind of a cool noise. Uh, But but we're seeing – equipment from a lot of different manufacturers that will be at the Ag PhD field and some exciting new things. There's going to be some national product launches that you'll see there. And a couple of those things that you're going to be really excited to see are from Fent. We've got Connor Bergen with us right now with Fent to talk about that. Connor, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, my
5: pleasure. Thank you guys so much for for having me on the program here this afternoon. And uh, we could not be more thrilled to be a part of the 2021 Ag PhD field day event. We've got a lot of exciting, uh, exciting new Fent products here to show off to, to growers from around the country really this week.
0: Well, certainly as you come into the field day, the Fent Combine, is, is, it's pretty eye-catching. There's no doubt about that. It's going to be fun watching that thing run in the field around the area. Uh, you look at the planter. We had so much press about the planter this year. Guys that were trying it for the first time were really impressed. And then you look at your new tra- tractors out there. Uh, I don't even know where to start, Connor.
5: <laughs> well, all, all of the above are, are, are a great place to start, and, uh, and yes, we're really excited to to show off some of these new Fent products to, to growers here this week. And, and in fact, speaking of tractors, uh, one in particular that we're really excited to show off here at the field day is our new Fent 1100 Vario MT series track machine, uh, which is the first Fent track tractor uh, here in North America. We're, we're thrilled about that. And um, what's really neat about this this new, new tractor, guys, is, uh, it, it features upwards of 673 horsepower. So certainly here... Here in the Dakotas, uh, lots of growers, yourselves included, can, can make use of that, that level of horsepower for some of the biggest applications out there. But what's really neat about that is um, we're producing all that power with our what we call our Fent ID low-engine speed concept, which produces over a tremendous amount of torque, in fact, over 1,500 foot-pounds of torque at really low-engine RPMs, like 1,100 uh, RPMs. So that means... Lower fuel consumption, very smooth operating experience, and that's paired with our with our what we're known for at Fendt, our Vario Drive continuously variable transmission, uh, for an entirely seamless uh, operating experience all the way from sixty feet per hour up to twenty five miles per hour going down the road. So really, really, really nice operating experience as a result.
0: Yeah. It, people are, that are showing up at the field already just helping with the setup are, are already asking, man, can I go down to the ride and drive area? I wonder if the Fent folks are down there to take a look at some of this stuff and, and run it. Cause like you say, you you got to get in these tractors and, and run them just to see what it's like.
5: That's exactly right. Fent, uh, it, it, it's, it's different for a lot of growers, right? And, and we're rapidly expanding, uh, the Fent brand here in North America. So it's new, it's new to a lot of, it's new to a lot of growers and, uh, and it's important that they, they spend a little time and we in the machines. What we find is uh, when you spend, you know, 30 minutes to an, to an hour behind a Fent tractor, a lot of growers that I've had the opportunity to work with, at least over my career, have said, wow, this is more intuitive than what I was running before. Or, yeah, much better ride than what I was running before and things of that nature. So we're, we're really looking forward to showing some of these new products off. But more so than just the ride to the agronomic benefits that some of our new prod- Fent products have to offer for Example, uh, even on our high horsepower wheel tractors, which we're showcasing here, the FENT 900 Gen 6, as an example, which ranges anywhere from 330 to to 420 horsepower, uh, that has our our optional Grip system, which is an integrated uh, tire pressure regulation system that you can monitor and adjust tire pressures right from the cab. So you get into the field, you have the ability to squat your tires down to help reduce compaction. Um, but also improves the longevity of the tire, too, because when you're going down the road, you can increase your tire pressures back up to where they they need to be for for better roading experience and, and again, improve the the
1: wear and tear. Hey, one other thing I'll mention real quick is we've demoed a Fent planter the last couple of years, and actually I uh, just, when I was over at the field, day talked to a really high-yield farmer who said he did this year as well. He said, yeah, I'm probably going to have to buy a Fent planter. That's the best stand I've ever had. Anyway, uh, you can see Fent tomorrow at the Ag PhD Field Day. We'll be right back.
4: No matter what time of the year it is on your farm, with a Bayer Plus Rewards program, earning and redeeming rewards are always in season. Because when you buy two or more eligible seed or crop protection products throughout the year, you earn $3 per acre in cash back rewards. Cash you can redeem and reinvest in your farm later in the season. That's Bayer Plus Rewards. And that's how we're helping make every part of your season, well, rewarding. Visit mybayerplus.com to learn more. See program terms and conditions for full
3: details. When it comes to soybean diseases, the longer you wait, the more damage you do. Stop the clock on white mold and other yield-robbing diseases with Approach Prima Fungicide from Corteva AgriScience. Approach Prima Fungicide quickly surrounds the surface of the plant for rapid absorption, then moves throughout the plant, providing full protection of each leaf and stem, even those that have yet to emerge. Uptake occurs on day one, nearly twice as fast as the next leading competitor. For more information, visit approachprima.corteva.us or your local crop protection retailer. Always read and follow label directions. Please join us for the
0: Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day is the largest farm field day in America, and we have a lot planned again this year. We host the event just one day each year as a way to say thank you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV. We have free admission, free parking, and free food and drinks throughout the day. We've got yield champs from across the country speaking about raising higher yields and increasing profits. We also have speakers on drainage law, estate planning, changes in farm tax laws, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you some of the dozens of research plots we're working on. Rob Sharkey will be there to do a live Shark Farmer radio show, and we'll have equipment both on display and running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, AGCO, and more. Don't miss the free AG PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th. Go to agphd.com to learn more and register. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We are inside today in the Morton studio, but tomorrow we will be outside at the Ag PhD field day site. It's field day, Thursday, July 29th. We are so excited and just watching all the equipment come in, watching all the plots and the setup and everything has been, been pretty fun this week. There's a, a lot of new equipment here too. And we brought our friends from, from Environmental Tillage Systems, the Soil Warrior folks here to talk about this. We've got Caitlin Keck and we've got Brent Bruland with us right now. Thanks for joining us, guys.
5: Thanks for having us. Thank
0: you. All right, so everybody wants to know about the new Soil Warrior Edge. Let's talk about that to, to kick things off here. So the Soil
6: Warrior Edge is both a three-point system as well as a, as a row unit standalone system, so it can be used on other toolbars other than just ours. But it was designed primarily to go on our three-point system that uh, – was was designed exclusively for the guy that wanted the heavy, robust toolbar, strip-tool system that was convertible from a shank to a coulter system and back and forth. Um, so we can make that in, from eight rows up to
1: 16 rows, um, pull behind dry liquid or anhydrous or any combination of that. Um, so basically, so that's the main difference is you can vary this. You could go shank or coulter and make the change. Um, it, so this machine is adaptable is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, when you when you bring that up, I just think about our farm. So I, I, I talk to a lot of non farmers who think, Well, why can't you just do this at this certain time every year? And I'm like, Okay, farming is very challenging sometimes and I go back to twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. You you could hardly get anything done in the fall. I personally like going deep in the fall and I don't I, I, I like a shank. A coulter works fine too. But in the spring, we absolutely want to run coulters and run a little more shell. So I want variability and it is nice when you can do it with one machine and make that adjustment. Yeah, and, and we've had such, such success launching
6: that on the three point system that we've put that same row unit on our cart based systems. So the machine that uh, we'll be bringing to you guys this fall will have that new edge row unit on it. So you'll have that adaptability from either shank or coulter um, on your traditional dry
1: liquid or dry or liquid system. So, so with strip-till in general there are a lot more people that are looking at that whether it's because of the carbon credits now or they just want to reduce erosion get the fertility deeper whatever it is uh so just talk to us real quick about what you have at environmental tillage systems versus some of the other strip till machines that would be out on the market
5: absolutely so the solar warrior is known for its durability and we wanted to bring that durability into a three-point machine Specifically for that area out west, that is basically three point strip till units. Um, So definitely, when when people think the solar brand, they're thinking of the durability that they get with our brand, um, along with you know the quality in that uh, seed bed that we create with our row units. So we're very excited about the solar edge row unit because that seed bed that's created is matching the performance of the seed bed created with our previous row units that we've relaunched before. Yeah,
1: because when you start thinking about what a strip till machine is doing, it's doing tillage, it's doing fertilizer placement, or at least that's what we always do is place fertilizer and we recommend people do that at the same time. But then the big thing is you got to create a seed bed that's going to stay and last for a while, whether it's in the spring or all the way into the fall, which is when we usually do strip till so yeah, the durability of the machine is a big deal because in part, I mean, you start thinking about any wide machine and all the work that has to do and all the acres we're running over. And, and the thing is, we're strapped for time all the time, it seems like. Whether it's the fall or the spring, we got to have reliability. So I know we've been pretty happy with uh, with our Soil Warrior machines we've run over the last quite a number of years now. All right. So what else can people expect to see at the field day site tomorrow, anything uh, anything else new and different or anything else you wanted to highlight going into tomorrow?
6: Yeah, we've got a lot of different options on our standard uh, 4500 soil wear machine. So we've got things such as uh, row cleaner lift. We've got uh, automated scales now. We've got um, calibration you can do from the ground rather than from the tractor cap. Um, we've got a new basket design, so our traditional burn builder basket or our round bar basket if you're in a muddy area versus a non-muddy area. Yep. Um, so, yeah, a lot of things um, based on farmer input most likely, or most of the time. Um, we run one on our farm, and I've had quite a bit of input on that as well. So when you get frustrated
0: <laughs> with something, you make a change. Yeah, every yep. year, that is one thing that I, I would say. Every year we see changes and improvements on a machine that's already heavy-built you just don't have too many problems that I can think of with a Soil Warrior machine. And yet there's always constant improvement. So certainly something you want to check out at the Ag PhD field. They will have equipment on hand. We'll have experts on hand. Uh, just just another fantastic stop. Uh, Brent and Caitlin, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you guys on.
6: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: us. You know, we talk about the equipment side of things, and, and there is a lot. And everybody's operation is just a little bit different, whether you're in a conventional till or a no-till or a strip-till system like we've just been talking about. And then you look at all the different management practices along the way to to work through those systems. When you think about fertility options, we've got a number of different fertility companies that will be at the Ag PhD field day talking about new products, whether that be liquid or dry fertility and we look at all things that go with that. We've got uh, micronutrients and those types of things are getting much more popular. We've got a, another AG PhD field day. Uh, contributor that's going to be here shortly talking about micronutrients and that's one of the things that when we talk about things on Ag PhD with our, our soil management and how we're reading soil tests and trying to amend things out in our field that we get so many questions about and it, it's just a fun day that we get everyone together if you've got questions we would love to take them we've got so many agronomy folks here and experts throughout the field day site to answer almost any question that you could, could come up with and and Brian and I will be speaking for a good portion of that day as well if you want to hear more from us too.
1: Well, what we do, so if you've never been to the field day, we'd love to have you come. It's a free event we put on every year just to say thanks to you for watching Ag PhD TV and listening to us here on Ag PhD Radio. So it's right on our farm. We want to show you some of the things that we're doing, we're researching, we're using, um, and and just talk about general agronomy. So the way that this kind of works is, we'll do we research a lot of things in all these different states, and then we try things out on our farm too, and and put a lot of stuff in a relatively small area. So we've got a hundred, we took a hundred acres of, of our farm and we've got a bunch set off for ride and drive and basically field demos, a bunch for parking lot. And then I don't know what it is, 20 acres or more that we've got for all these different research projects we're doing. And then we bring in a number of companies that are involved with some of these research projects. We also bring in a lot of great farmers from around the country. So if you want to hear about how to raise better corn or soybeans or wheat or sorghum or canola or dry beans, we've got great farmers who are in who are going to speak about those kind of things. And we have a number of different speaking times during the day and then a number of different tents you can go or, or even a couple of air-conditioned buildings and go and hear some of these speakers. We also bring in experts on drainage law, estate planning, grain marketing, uh, the H2A labor program. Uh, we're even going to have Colin Peterson here. He was a former head of the AG committee in Congress. and just to talk about uh, whether it's everything from carbon credits to taxes and things like that. So lots of uh, lots of great educational opportunities. In addition, uh, we got some entertainment for you as well. If you would like to hear Molly B., for example, she'll be playing uh, off and on throughout the day at different times.
0: Brian is not going to be part of the band. I promise you that. <laughs> if you haven't heard Molly B. before, her her band is fantastic.
1: Uh, but anyway, we've got Rob Sharkey who will be here doing the Shark Farmer radio show. We're going to have an air show um, around noon or so or 11 o'clock. I mean, it's it, it, that's pretty fantastic just in itself got free food, free drinks, free parking, free admission, everything is, or almost everything is free. Uh, We just really, again, would appreciate, uh, we do appreciate you for listening to our show and we just kind of want to show you some of the things that we work on on our farm. So we do, just to give you a little more background too. So our family has farmed here for generations now and we farm about 3,200 crop acres when Darren and I were growing up, we had livestock. Corn uh, and soybeans uh, were, you know, the, a big part of our farm. But for Darren and me, we were focused on raising hogs, especially. We were
0: focused on livestock, and then you you had alfalfa and small grains that, yep. that we were utilizing in a variety of ways, both as feed and bedding and so forth. So, yeah, it's been a pretty diverse background that we've had, but it's been exciting over the years to see the increase in technology looking at yields going up and we've got some historical displays to show you exactly where that technology is going and and uh, where it's come from
1: and where it's going exactly
0: exactly all right it's the ag phd field it's tomorrow we'll talk more about it right after this
7: in an uncertain market, you need to maximize the quality and profitability of your stored grains by controlling profit robbing insects. A tank mix of DICON IGR and Sentinel EC insecticide, or DICON IGR Plus, offers the long term control of an insect growth regulator and the knockdown power of a broad spectrum insecticide. Keep your grain clean with grain protectants from Central Life Sciences. To learn more, contact your local dealer or visit bugfreegrains.com.
0: Please join us for the Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day is the largest farm field day in America, and we have a lot planned again this year. We host the event just one day each year as a way to say thank you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV. We have free admission, free parking, and free food and drinks throughout the day. We've got yield champs from across the country speaking about raising higher yields and increasing profits. We also have speakers on drainage law, estate planning, changes in farm tax laws, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you some of the dozens of research plots we're working on. Rob Sharkey will be there to do a live shark farmer radio show, and we'll have equipment both on display and running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, Agco, and more. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th. Go to agphd.com to learn more and register.
7: Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at
3: SoilWarrior.com. In celebration of the Ag PhD Field Day, Farm Shop MFG is giving 10% off end zone fan controls and grain temp guard products. Sale ends midnight August 4th. To get your discount, visit FarmShopMFG.com and use the coupon code AGPHD2021.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio broadcasting from the Morton studio today. It is the day before the Ag PhD field day. If you're thinking about coming, there is still time. You can find all the details at agphd.com. Find the directions and, and anything else that you might need and find our schedule. We start at 7 a.m. Get a bright and early start. It's nice and cool in the morning, and it's a great time to be out there. Uh, Some of the things that you're going to see, though, uh, may shock you. There's some brand new things that you probably haven't seen. Well, I know you haven't seen before. And one of the companies bringing new things here is Harvest International. We've got Dustin Friesen with us right now. Dustin, thanks for joining us.
8: Thank you for having me.
0: Now we're in the Ag PhD studio, and I noticed Dustin. You sat over closer to me. I'm a little intimidated by Brian sometimes too, so I don't blame you for that. <laughs> but I don't think you have to be intimidated by anybody when you look at some of the new innovations that are coming from Harvest International. What are some of the things that farmers will see in your area at the Ag PhD Field Day?
8: Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so in our in our booth today, we've got quite an array of different products. Um, you know, first we've got our our planter, our front fold planter, which is one of the most modular high-speed planters on the market. Just a lot of variations as far as what guys can put on it. And as I said, it's built for high speed, built for precision technology. Um, With that specifically, we're featuring our new Command Lift hydraulic system. It's been on the market for a few years, but really um, continuing to come up with new functionality. And building off of that, uh, one of the new products that we're really unveiling here is our Command-Till. Um, It's a tillage unit that um, is going to be able to have a conventional hydraulic system, but also a new command uh, lift hydraulic system where you've got unprecedented control over uh, the depth that you're tilling.
0: Well, as we get into this high-speed tillage world, too, uh, being able to control things that much better is going to be really important to us. Uh, what has been your feedback? I know you you've been putting things out on farms and and getting growers to take a look at things. Uh, what are, what are you learning? I'm assuming you're you're learning a lot this summer.
8: Yeah, we certainly still have a lot more to learn, but you know the initial feedback um, is is generally positive. You know, it's um, our our base model. Um, we'll be able to give guys but a quarter inch uh, control as far as adjustability with our command lift uh, model being able to give guys uh, a 16th of an inch depth control. Um, wow. so with that a lot more control over um, you know really getting the most efficiency out of that tillage unit, uh, on the market.
0: Well, it's super important, especially coming from planter guys. Normally, I think of Harvest International. I think of the planter guys and and precision there about doing everything just right. Uh, so, talk to us about that. When you're building that awesome seed bed, what are you looking for? And what what did you see this year with your planters? And and how are growers able to to get a more consistent stand? We we've certainly noticed the improvements over the last few years, and and Harvest International has certainly been in the forefront of that.
8: Sure. So again, um, you know, being able to have uh, the, ch- the choices to be able to set up your planter the way that you want, I know, and that's where we've come in. Um, guys typically have, have had to just kind of take what they can get from from OEMs, but we, we work very closely with our dealers, and with our customers to, you know, whatever row spacing you want, whatever fertilizer capacity you're looking for on the planter, uh, whether you're looking at seed boxes or, or a center fill system, work to be able to get a planter that's really designed specifically for your farm so that you can maximize your dollar investment and get exactly the planter that you need.
0: Well, speaking about setting up the planter exactly how you want, we also have Jason Jimerson here with AMVAC to talk about something that looks pretty unique out there too, the Sympass system. We've been talking about this for years and really excited to see it come as far as it has. Jason, thanks for joining us.
7: Yeah, thanks for having me. All
0: right, so when I think about AMVAC, I oftentimes think about, well, these are the guys with all the different options for insecticides that we can put out there, but there's a lot more than, than insecticide that's going out with Sympass. Talk to us about this new technology and how farmers are going to use it.
7: Yeah, absolutely. So Simpass, it's an acronym. So we love our acronyms in the ag industry. It stands for Smart Integrated Multi-Product Prescription Application System. So we, we have graduated and, and evolved from the smart box technology that we've sold for a number of years to apply our granular insecticides. Um, and now we have a multi-product system that allows a farmer to address multiple agronomic needs and do it in a prescriptive manner as well. So they'll have the ability and flexibility um, to still apply granular soil insecticides. Um, but also adding in additional uh, categories of inputs as well that really makes this exciting for the future. So products in the categories such as nematicides, micronutrients, fungicides, biological products, um, the, um, the the the. The possibilities are really endless as far as the SimPass Applied Solutions. That's the, uh, the name that we use for the products going through the system. So we're really excited because it's a, it's a tool that's going to allow a farmer to really address their specific needs on their operation uh, prescriptively.
1: So, where are you at in the development of the Simpas system? Yeah, so we were
7: uh, thrilled to have a, a limited commercial launch this year, um, where we had systems in the field. And um, as with any technology, we're learning as we grow as well, and we're going to continually evolve and develop the technology, um, and and continue to grow the portfolio of Simpas applied solutions that are available as well. So, uh, we're partnering with Trimble as our distribution network um, to sell, service, install, and support. Uh, the equipment in the field. Um, so we're uh, rapidly getting Trimble dealers engaged so that they can be um, the face of SimPass uh, and SimPass technologies to farmers. So <laughs> you talked about we're learning, what was the biggest thing you learned with the limited launch this year? Yeah, so I think that the biggest thing that we learned is that there's just unbound excitement about how this system can really address farm-specific needs. Uh, One of our uh, initial farmers who has adopted two systems is really excited about the ability for the system to, to meet his needs with insecticides presently, but also he sees the opportunities being endless for other products as they come forward. A lot of variability within every farming operation, and this is a system that allows a farmer to make subfield decisions and really tailor the application of inputs at planting for their specific needs.
1: You just talked about subfield, and that's where I wanted to go next, because as I think about it, so you mentioned a few different categories, and two that stood out to me were nematicides and micronutrients. And the reason why they stood out to me is this. In the past, farmers have had to, like, treat their soybeans, for example, or even use an insecticide, and, oh, it's across the whole field. Or with micronutrients, I'm just going to go, well, i got to call the co-op, and they're just going to put the micronutrient on the whole field. Well, maybe the whole field doesn't need it. And, I mean, we're trying to be as efficient with our dollars as possible as farmers. So if I have an area in the field where I identify I need a micronutrient or I need a nematocyte in that area of the field, now I can wisely spend my money, which will give me a better return on investment. And that's probably the biggest thing I look at with this SIMPAS system is the automatic on and off in different areas of the field with multiple things that you're running. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And
7: not only is it automatically on or off, it can vary the rate as well. So you mentioned a micronutrient, and um, in some parts of the field you may need a higher rate, in some parts of the field you may need a lower rate. And this system allows you to do that. And, And you're right, Brian. I think that a lot of farmers have been forced to make the decision of kind of all or nothing. And in some instances, they've had to live with agronomic problems that they can't economically address because they're only in certain spots of the field. And this is a system that lets them now economically and efficiently address those needs.
1: Yeah, and we've done a lot of banding in the past, and we do like banding. It's very efficient, a, an efficient way to go, especially because you look at half the ground in the United States, it's rented, not owned. And so you'd like that return to come this year, not 10 years from now. So that's also where I see a big advantage here is we're talking about banding, we're talking about varying the rate, varying the amount, uh, and uh, whether you turn it on or off, whatever it is. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm super excited about it. So any last things you'd like to leave us with, with the SimPass system? Uh, we got about a minute left, Jason. Yeah, we're thrilled to
7: to be here and to have a, a SimPass system on a, a hefty planter here at,
0: well, the, actually, at the field. Actually, day. Jason, on right. a Harvest International planter right. that, <laughs> that, that is one of ours that we right. run on the farm here. And that's kind of why it was fun to have both of you guys here together. And I know uh, we, we talked about the same types of things with Dustin too, that being able to set that planter up exactly how you want it so you can address those issues, even if they're just in a small part of the field, and to do it precisely, it's just invaluable for the farmer. It's certainly the way that agriculture is going in the future and something that you're going to be happy to take a look at here at the Ag PhD Field Day tomorrow. Uh, Jason, thank you so much. Dustin, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you guys on. Thank Thank you. you, guys. Again, it's the Ag PhD Field Day. It is tomorrow, Thursday, July 29th, right here on our farm just north of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can find all the details at agphd.com. Find the directions right there in our schedule for the day that, once again, starts bright and early at 7 a.m. Brian and I are super excited to show you our research plots and lots of new things in agriculture. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more after this.
6: When it comes to weed control, our cards have always been on the table because we believe you deserve near zero volatility, flexible tank mixing, and a wide application window. That's the Enlist weed control system. Just better. With no ifs, ands, or buts. Discover better weed control. Enlist.com. Enlist.com.
0: Please join us for the Ag PhD Field Day coming up Thursday, July 29th on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day is the largest farm field day in America, and we have a lot planned again this year. We host the event just one day each year as a way to say thank you for listening to Ag PhD Radio and watching Ag PhD TV. We have free admission, free parking, and free food and drinks throughout the day. We've got yield champs from across the country speaking about raising higher yields and increasing profits. We also have speakers on drainage law, estate planning, changes in farm tax laws, grain marketing, and the H-2A program. Plus, we'll show you some of the dozens of research plots we're working on. Rob Sharkey will be there to do a live shark farmer radio show, and we'll have equipment both on display and running out in the field from Case IH, John Deere, Agco, and more. Don't miss the free Ag PhD Field Day, Thursday, July 29th. Go to agphd.com to learn more and register.
3: Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucinto fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucinto.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use.
0: Hey everybody, come on in. Ag PhD Mailbag is about to begin. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We are broadcasting for the Morton Studio today and it's Ag PhD Mailbag time. The questions never stop here, Brian. There's a lot of stuff going on on the farms and people need answers. Like Clint, for example, he farms in Kentucky said, a neighbor next to one of our fields has recently put three beehives on it. Now, it'll be time to spray fungicide on our soybeans soon, and we typically are putting insecticide in at that point, too, because we've got some bugs that are getting going out in our fields. Now, this will be my first time that I have to spray next to the beehives. Are there any types of insecticides I could use that could help me so I don't create as much issue for them? Also, what else should I do to prevent harming their bees uh, does a time of day matter or anything else that you could help me with?
1: Okay, so first of all, I would say just talk to the beekeeper and they they will give you at least their requests. In terms of insecticide, there are a couple that are pretty relatively safe to bees like Safina and transform. Unfortunately, Safina and transform are very specific to only a few insects like soybean aphids and psyllids, for example, uh, but... I mean, general broad spectrum insecticides, yeah, they're going to kill bees. So what we usually will say is if you can spray before flowering, okay, spraying at that time is usually not a big deal. And then otherwise, go ahead, Darren.
0: Well, that was going to be the big thing is if you've got crops that are flowering, that's going to attract bees. So if you can spray before things are flowering, that's that's obviously the best way to go. And you're right. There are things you can do. Talking to the beekeeper, they can cover hives and those types of things and keep keep the bees out during the time that you need. And then some insecticides last a little bit longer than others and are harmful for bees just a little bit longer than others, too. So that's something you could talk to the beekeeper about. I'm sure they've got some experiences. As well.
1: Yeah. So what you're, what you're after and you asked about the best time to spray, that's what you want is when the bees go back to the hive. So they're not in your field. So a lot of times it's during the day when the bees are going to be out. So as much as you could spray maybe super early in the morning or late into the evening, that might be best. But talk to the beekeeper and they'll kind of give you
0: some guidelines too. All right. Thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. I got this from Marion down in Nebraska. It says, I'm looking at your website trying to find the ideal fertility level for each nutrient that you should try to get in your soils. Is that the same for every soil type? No. I've been grid sampling every third year, but the local co-ops are recommending that that seems, oh, huh, their, their recommendations seem a little bit out of whack with what you guys are talking about.
1: I'd like to know surprise, how surprise. they're how they're out of whack exactly. But let let's put it this way. If you have, light soil then usually we want you to have a little higher level of magnesium when you have heavy soil we like your magnesium level to be just a little bit lower the other thing is you have to be more careful if you are in an area that has lighter soil with lots of rainfall and let's say your ground never freezes for example so there's more risk for loss even of things like potassium sulfate boron for us in our heavy soils where we're frozen five months out of the year and we don't get much rainfall we have zero risk of losing our potassium to leaching we have very little risk of losing our sulfate and boron compared to a lot of other people now everybody's going to lose nitrate but even with that we can think about it differently so the last few years we've been putting more of our nitrogen on earlier And that's the opposite of how people would think about in areas where they do have lots of rainfall, lighter soils, and their ground isn't froze for almost half the year. So it does definitely vary. Now, when we start talking about phosphorus and zinc and copper, things that basically need to be in ratio with each other all the time, um, you know, that I'm not so worried about because certain nutrients like copper, zinc, and phosphorus, they're not moving. And I don't care if you have light soil or heavy soil then it kind of depends a little bit on well what's really your yield goal so if your yield goal is 100 on corn versus my yield goes 300 well i i mean you can still you it's not going to hurt anything if you build your phosphorus levels way up but the problem is when you do that now you have to build up your zinc and you have to build up your copper and you have to build up some other nutrients to keep things in ratio Well, if you're only going for 100 or 120 or 140 bushel corn, you don't need to be at the same levels that I need to be at. So that's the reason why we don't just put out a, hey, your soil should be this. No, it varies depending on many different factors.
0: All right, thanks for the question. Uh, Speaking of some different factors here, we got this one from Randy. He said, I've got Roundup Ready soybeans and unfortunately the weeds are getting big out there. The beans still look healthy, but we missed a spraying that we should have made, and now the weeds are big. I'm wondering, do you have any experience with what happens if you sprayed three quarts per acre of Roundup, (laughs) or is there something else I should do to try and take big weeds down?
1: Okay. uh, So, yeah, we have experience with all kinds of things that I'm just going to say – um, wouldn't maybe necessarily be on the label. Sure. So, and research, absolutely. <laughs> right. Take a look at things. Right. And, you know, we, we also work with a lot of these companies that do research on things, and we get to work hand-in-hand with them sometimes on research projects. So, yes, higher rates absolutely would help. But the problem is for us as agronomists, we have to tell you to follow the label. So... What you do with that, um, that, that I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I will say there reaches a point where you go, you know, I'd have to use so much rate. I might ding the crop a little bit with whatever herbicide I'm going to raise. That's where you get down to the question of, all right, hand labor or do I let it go? The problem with letting it go is, for example, waterhemp or Palmer pigweed, one plant can put on a million seeds. And even if only 10% of them germinated, which you know darn well, it's going to be a lot more than that, uh, there'd be 100,000 weeds the next year. (laughs) So that's the problem with letting stuff go. I'm just not a big fan of letting weeds go. Sometimes we do. Uh, We just say, I just, I can't get it done. It's not economical, whatever. But boy, that just... That, that burns me to the core because I know we're going to fight those weeds for the next five years. So we understand where, where you're at. Uh, it's a tough spot. We've been there, too. And so, unfortunately, I can't tell you to do something that's off-label, but I can tell you that weed control is incredibly
0: important. All right. Thanks for the question. we got this one from Brad. He says, speaking about weed control here... How good is Metribuzin on water hemp? We're, we're looking at the pre-emerge applications. You talk about your three PRES. How much does metri- Metribuzin bring to the table?
1: It brings a lot. We love Metribuzin. Now, a couple of things about it. It doesn't last very long, and it's kind of leachable, just like atrazine is. It's in the same chemical family. Um, in terms of crop safety, it varies a lot depending on your soil pH. What I mean by that is it's the exact same thing as atrazine in that – It's more active the higher the soil pH. So if you have an 8 pH, you can actually cut the rate by long ways and still get fantastic performance. However, if your pH is 5.8, then you've got to have a higher rate to expect the same level of control. Metribuzin is very inexpensive. Uh, it's, it's It's a fantastic tank mix partner for products like Valor or Authority. Uh, for the group 15s, that would be like Zidua or Dual or Outlook, for example, or Warrant, and uh, and the yellows as well. So we love having Metribuzin out there. It really helps on water hemp, but it's also great on kochia, lamb's quarters, ragweed, helps out on so many of these roundup resistant broadleaves that it, to me, it's an absolutely essential part of the tank mix pre emerge for soybeans. Oh, it has good burn down activity besides the residual, too, by the
0: way. All right. Thanks for the question. I got this one from Lee. Oh, hey.
1: Sorry. Oh. I got one last thing to add. I know. I just thought of this. <laughs> uh, no carryover problems. So you don't have to worry that next year it's going to carry over anything like some of these other herbicides. Nope. It's not going to be any problem at all next year.
0: All right. Got a few pictures of a weed from, from Lee. And he said, you guys, get any idea what this particular weed is? It would happen to be a spurge. Looks like hedge mustard to us. That's our our best guess at that one, Lee. Well,
1: it does to Darren. He's more of an expert in that than I am because I I wouldn't have picked that out. But good job. That's a tough one.
0: (laughs) All right. Get this one from Jesse. He said you're talking about post-harvest, burn down, unplanted field, burn down. What about fire? Can you burn the weeds off? Is that an effective means of control?
1: Well, it's not going to kill the root system. So it'll burn everything down. Um, you know, so that would do, that's literally how they came with the term "burn down herbicide for some of these products that burn things to the ground and don't kill the roots. We just don't love it because the problem is when you burn the weeds, you also burn the residue that's laying on the surface of the soil, and then you lose a bunch of that nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And so you're going to have to spend more money on fertilizer after you burn than if you didn't burn.
0: right, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that and had a fun time today talking about the Ag PhD Field Day, which is coming up tomorrow, Thursday, July 29th. Find all the details at agphd.com. Thanks for listening to today's program. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.